Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. The President of the United States intends to address the nation uh, any moment. We're waiting for him uh, on the COVID uh, situation in the country. His remarks are allegedly not going to be very long, um, but we'll see. And, you know, has anyone noticed, and I haven't spent a lot of time commenting on it, that they use a prop set at the White House. In fact, they've been going across the from the White House to the old executive office building to a fake setup here. And it's just interesting to to watch them. Uh, and we're waiting for this. He also wants to talk about uh, the U.S. is going to double order uh, Pfizer's antiviral pill, which is good. And this is one of the, the issues that I, I'm, I'm curious to see how this works for him. And the reason I say it like that in particular is because we now have enough therapeutics and we have great data from the vaccine that we should not have to continue to live our lives in fear of this virus. We should not have to live by fear. The New York times has a story out about the, um, COVID situation in Puerto Rico. And while we're waiting for the president to address the nation, let me just give you some of this. Here's the headline. Puerto Rico faces staggering COVID case explosion. The island has a 4,600% increase in cases in recent weeks after mounting one of the nation's most successful vaccination campaigns. So yeah, that this is the subtitle. A 4,600% increase in cases after mounting one of the nation's most successful vaccine drives. Armed with her vaccine passport and giddy to celebrate the holiday season, Laura Delgado and 60,000 other people in Puerto Rico attended a Bad Buddy concert three weeks ago. Three days later, she was sick with COVID-19. One of about 2,000 people who fell ill as a result of just that two-day event. The Super Spreader concert helped usher in an explosion of COVID-19 cases in Puerto Rico, which until then had been celebrating one of the most successful vaccination campaigns in the United States. The concert was one of a series of business events, company holiday parties, and family gatherings that fueled a 4,600% increase in cases on the island, a surge that public health officials worry could linger into the new year. It sounds like the vaccine's not working, isn't it? I mean... This is, this is essentially what we get to in the New York Times. But if you go all the way down, 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 down to the bottom, oh, you run into, at one point this week, the daily case count had surpassed 11,000, a very high figure for an island with just 3.2 million inhabitants. But you get to the very bottom of the article, to the 13th paragraph. And what do you find? 317 people are hospitalized. Quarter of them are children, but that's half the number of people who were hospitalized with the illness 
at this time last year before so many people were vaccinated. So why don't you run with that? Unless you're addicted to fear porn over COVID, you 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 want to scare everybody. Why don't you run with that? Let's rewrite the New York Times story, shall we? There's been a 4,600% increase in COVID, but despite that massive increase, there are half the number of people in hospitals now than there were last year, only 317. There's a 4,600% increase in COVID. 4,600% increase in COVID. But only 317 people. That's it. That's all they have. This is really good news. It's really good news. Why can't they take the good news and run with it? Why can't they acknowledge it? Why can't they celebrate it unless they want to keep you scared? Meanwhile, you got David Leinhardt in in the New York Times running that we are screwing kids out of their future. We have caused kids all sorts of problems. Yes, we have. Kids are miserable. Kids are depressed. Kids are falling behind. They are. And you're going to run with this fear. You're going to run not with what should be the celebration, but with the depression. When you have a 4,600% increase in COVID and your island population is like 98% vaccinated, you should celebrate the fact that there are only 317 people who are in the hospital. Because here's the thing. This is the important thing here. They promised us in the beginning that if you got the vaccine, you would never get COVID. Didn't work out so well. Didn't work out so well. But it still worked out pretty well in that you're staying out of the hospital and you're not getting seriously sick. Now, here's the president of the United States. Hi, sir. How are you? Well, since we're more than 10 feet apart while we're speaking, we're going to take our masks off. And uh, let me begin by saying good afternoon to my team. Good afternoon to the press and good afternoon to anyone who may be listening. I'm about to receive a briefing from our COVID-19 team. But before I began, I know there is a concern and some considerable confusion about the rising cases. So let me provide a quick update and talk about three specific topics. And I'll give it to you straight, as I promised you I always would. Uh, With a rambling answer. We're going to see, as you all have been hearing, continued rise in cases. Omicron is very transmissible, transmissible variant, but much different than anything we've seen before. And but you can protect yourself and you should protect yourself, quite frankly. Get vaccinated, get boosted. There's plenty of booster shots. Wear a mask. But the media says they don't work. Because what we know is this, the impact from the rising cases depends on the effect on the person based on whether that person, what their vaccination status is. You can control how big an impact Omicron is going to have on your health if you get Omicron. If you get the vaccine. Those are fully vaccinated. 
especially those of the booster shots. And by the way, we have booster shots for the whole nation. Okay, we you can still get COVID, but it's highly unlikely, very unlikely that you become seriously ill. That's a good message. We've seen COVID-19 cases among vaccinated in workplaces across America, including here at the White House. But if you're vaccinated and boosted, you are highly protected. You know, be concerned about Omicron, but don't be alarmed. That's a good message. If you're unvaccinated, you have some reason to be alarmed. Many of you will, uh, you know, uh, uh, you'll experience severe illness in many cases if you get COVID-19, if you're not vaccinated. Some will die, needlessly die. Unvaccinated are taking up hospital beds and crowding emergency rooms and intensive care units. That's just placing other people who need access to those hospitals. So please, please, please get vaccinated now. You know, we've reduced the number of American adults without any shots from 90 million to about 35 million in the past six months. But there's still 35 million people not vaccinated. And let me be absolutely clear. We have in hand all the vaccines we need to get every American fully vaccinated, including the booster shot. Why not move on from this? There's no excuse. Are going to do it. No excuse for anyone being unvaccinated. There are plenty this of continues excuses. to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So we got to make more progress. And for patients who still haven't gotten your kids vaccinated, please get them vaccinated. Look out for their interest here. It's the best way to protect them. And for parents with kids too young to be vaccinated, surround your kids with people who are vaccinated. And make sure you're masking in public so you don't get COVID and give it to your kids. Look, we have no reason to think at this point that Omicron is worse for children than previous variants. So then why bother? We know that our kids can be safe when in school, by the way. That's why I believe schools should remain open. You know, they have what they need. Because of the American Rescue Plan, where the first month we were in office, or second month, that I signed in March, we provided the states with $130 billion, with a B, billion dollars, to specifically keep our students safe and schools open. Funding for ventilation, ventilation systems in the schools, social distancing in classrooms, even larger classrooms on buses and everything from bus drivers to buses, the, the, the actual bus. There are additional, in all this process, we also back then included an additional $10 billion for testing for schools. That money went out to the states and the states and the school districts have spent this money well, many of them, but unfortunately some haven't. So I encourage the states and school district to use the funding that you still have to protect your children and keep the schools open. <clears throat> Countries across the world are seeing weird how cases. it's January of 2022 and suddenly he's talking this around way. The clock during the holiday weeks. In the last two weeks, we have developed hundreds of military. We have deployed, I should say, hundreds of military doctors and nurses to staff the hospitals in our states that are overrun and overworked because of unvaccinated COVID-19 patients primarily. The Federal Emergency Management Association uh, Agency, FEMA, is also working in our direction Boy, in every state and hospital capacity. 
including whether they need beds. I've directed FEMA to be ready to provide emergency hospital beds wherever and whenever they're needed. The federal government will be there. We've shipped nearly 2.4 million pieces of protective equipment to hospitals from gowns to gloves. And we're doing uh, whatever we can to protect communities from the surge of hospital cases that are likely to see from, unvac- from the unvaccinated population. It's really going after the unvaccinated Look, people here. Now, let me address three on. specific updates before I get my full brief from my team. <clears throat> First, booster shots. I know, Dr. Fauci, I'm like an echo chamber here, okay? I know it. But repeating myself, what Dr. Fauci said it very clearly, booster shots work. They significantly increase the protection. They provide the highest level of protection against Omicron. Americans, uh, we've given out over 70 million booster shots. Importantly, two out of three eligible seniors have received their booster shots. Booster shots are free, they're safe, and available. Over so that 90, gotten it, maybe you can move on from over 90,000 vaccination sites. Let me say that again. They're free, available, and at over 90,000 sites. We have added sites, added hours, added appointments, added walk-in capacity. We have booster shots for every American in the country. It's easier than ever to get a booster shot, and more importantly than than ever as it's been. Look, the FDA has also now authorized booster shots for children ages 12 to 15. So, with the final approval from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, young people, when that occurs, young people ages 12 to 15 will be able to get booster shots later this week. Second, on testing. I know this remains frustrating. Believe me, it's frustrating to me. But we're making improvements. In the last two weeks, we've stood up federal testing sites all over the country. We're adding more each and every day. Google, quote, COVID test near me. Go there. Google, excuse me, COVID test near me on Google to find the nearest site where you can get a test most often and free. Look, with more capacity for in-person tests, we should see waiting lines shortened and more appointments freed up. Look, if you want to test yourself at home, we have three options now. One, drugstores and online websites are restocking. Two, you know, well, actually, so the more tests are available, we're going to continue to become available. Next week, our our requirement that your insurance company reimburse you for at-home tests takes effect, so you don't have to get, get reimbursed. So if you're insured, you can buy the test and get paid for it. The second thing I want to mention is not paid for it. many states and local governments and healthcare providers are passing out free at-home tests that you can pick up. Just find out where they are. And finally, as I announced recently, the federal government is launching a website this month where you can get tests shipped to your home for free upon your request. The third point I'd like to speak about is also uh, is on treatments. For those at high risk who do get COVID-19, we now have a new Pfizer pill that greatly reduces the risk of hospitalization and death. I'm pleased to say that on Christmas Eve, 
we shipped out the first batch of these pills that we received, we purchased and received. And more will be shipped this week. We're already, they're already saving lives, but due to complex chemistry of the pills to make the pill, it takes months literally. And the feed froze. Let's jump to this one. But production is in full swing. The United States has more pills than any other country in the world, and our supply is going to ramp up over the coming months as more of these pills are manufactured. Today, I'm directing my team to work with Pfizer to double our order from 10 million to 20 million treatment courses to be delivered in the months ahead. We may need even more. That's the estimate we need right now. We've already placed the largest order in the world. Now I'm doubling that order. All right, that's the president of the United States. That's that's his remarks. The Pfizer pill actually is the big news there. Uh, doubling the order takes a while, as he said, to manufacture them. But also, it means he can stop badgering, bullying, and harassing the unvaccinated because of the remarkable success rate of the pill. Maybe it's time to move on from those talking points. The ones up front in the press conference are actually really good talking points he should have been talking about for a while now. And he's only just getting to. He can abandon the attacks on the unvaccinated now. We're making real progress. All right, we will be back. I will take your phone calls, I promise. Well, given how long we stuck with the president there, just bear with me here because I've only got about a minute and a half, uh, not not time. But I, I got to tell you, this this is my frustration in dealing with this is the president actually had some good points that he made. We've made real progress. None of the data actually shows that Omicron is worse for kids. Uh, we've got an overwhelming uh, hospital or, or vaccination rate. It's keeping people out of hospitals. He made the point that, yes, you could still get COVID if you're vaccinated, but the odds are you're going to have far less of a burden than if you're unvaccinated. But he continued to attack the unvaccinated as if he wanted to bully them in. You know, at some point you bully people enough, they dig their heels in. It's not productive. It's not helpful at this point for the president to take that tactic to try to get people to get vaccinated. You are making it an us versus them argument. And you know, by the way, it's not just Republicans. And I think that's why they think they can do this. They really do think it's a partisan argument and will rally independent voters to their side in November. It's actually, there are a lot of black and Hispanic voters out there who are unvaccinated. The black community has deep distrust of government health programs going back to the Tuskegee Airmen days. So they don't want it. So maybe don't bully them. Maybe actually move on. You've got therapeutic drugs now. Make them available. Stop punishing unvaccinated people because you disagree with them. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. The president addressing the nation, he speaking to his COVID team leaders, wanted to emphasize Uh, The unvaccinated are the mostly affected. You can still get COVID with the vaccine. Most likely you'll be fine. But also that we've got this new therapeutic drug from Pfizer. It's complicated to make it. Takes some time to make it, but they've ramped it up. Uh, The problem, what he didn't talk about, though, and that I've heard from a lot of people, and, and the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, has mentioned this, is they seem to be wanting to withhold therapeutic drugs from unvaccinated people almost to punish them for not getting vaccinated. Uh, There are a lot of reasons a lot of people don't want to get the vaccine. Uh, There's no reason to punish them, to otherize them, uh, particularly when the vaccinated overwhelmingly aren't going to have trouble. Take care of those who will. Now, 
We got people who want to talk about this as well. Uh, I want to go first to Stephen. You're going to be up next. Welcome. Uh, hey, Eric. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I've been a long-time sure. listener, and uh, I really enjoy your show. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, my, my main thing to say on this is that uh, I, I am unvaccinated, and my business partner is, his wife is, um, and I recently had COVID over Christmas, and it, it hit me kind of hard. Um, but then my business partner last week had it, and literally the same number of days, the same symptoms, the same level of infection. I mean, he was on the fever. He was you know, cold, having the sweats, all that. And uh, th- there was absolutely no difference between those that are vaccinated and those that aren't at this point with, the, uh, with what's going around right now. Well, you know, in some cases, that's the case. Uh, I know a number of people who are vaccinated who have been hit very hard with the virus. And so now it depends when did you get vaccinated, did you get boosted, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but then I know a lot of people who have gotten vaccinated who even uh, in very recently been exposed to COVID and have not. In fact, I'm one of them. I was uh, face-to-face, shoulder-to-shoulder for two days with someone in the family who was unvaccinated and infected uh, and for over Christmas. And he has been a week in the bed. I have not gotten it, nor has anyone in my family gotten it. Um, it, it, it this is probably the weirdest thing about this virus, and it is one of the reasons so many conspiracy theories and, and um, have developed and so many people are diagnosing themselves and the like is because it varies so widely. There can be two people, one unvaccinated and one vaccinated, and the vaccinated person gets it worse than than the unvaccinated person. It depends on all sorts of underlying conditions, health, and everything else as well with people. And so it's just, it's kind of wild. You can have someone who is in a uh, terrible health who's asymptomatic and someone who's in great health who's in the hospital. Uh, what we know for sure, and what we've known for a long time, is kind of funny, CNN is only just reporting this. We've known for uh, two years now uh, that if you're morbidly obese you're or you have asthma, you're going to have the worst situation. If you're elderly, you're going to have a worse situation. And also if you're a man, and we don't quite understand it, but the higher your testosterone level, the, the harder COVID seems to hit. And we don't really understand that either. Uh, beyond that, it varies wildly. It varies between the unvaccinated and the vaccinated. But uh, the odds are like, let's go back to this Puerto Rico story we were talking about. There's been a 4,200, 4,600% increase in Puerto Rico. The most heavily vaccinated portion of the United States is Puerto Rico. 97, 98% vaccination rate. It's had a 40, what is it? I, I want to get right. Uh, 4,600% increase. Sounds terrible. Sounds like the vaccine isn't working. But only 300 people are in the hospital. That's actually less than half of the number who were in the hospital uh, during the peak of the COVID outbreak before the vaccine came out. So it means the vaccine really does work. But also, there's no reason to bully people into getting it. Enough people have gotten it now that we're not having the traumatic impact on on hospitals that we were having when everybody was unvaccinated. There's just no reason to otherize people on this. All right, back to the phones. Franklin, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing, Mr. Eric? Great. How are you? Um, I'm fine. Now, I called in when you were talking about inflation and uh, the price of food and oh, stuff like that. And you move on to a new subject. I just had a quick question because I'm really confused. I'm not a rocket science, never said I was the smartest person in the class. But when Trump was president, 
we made more money. We brought more money home. Food was cheaper. Gas was cheaper. We mm-hmm. literally, I myself, did so much better financially than I did when Obama was president or that I'm doing now when Biden's president. What is the Democrats' argument going to be come election time? I, I just don't get it. Well, I mean, frankly, don't you understand that, I mean, if you vote Republican, you're voting for those insurrectionist racist bigots who tried to storm the Capitol and create a coup. I mean, that's the honestly, that's the best card they have. I understand that. I understand that. But, you know, be honest. I'm an African-American. Okay, I live in Georgia. Okay, I don't care if President Trump is a racist. I don't care if he don't like Mexicans or black people. I made more money. My life was better. My family life was better, and they were safer living in Georgia. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, listen, I, mean, I pointed this out, know, Franklin, the other day, and I'm still getting angry hate mail from progressives. I, I put out a tweet the other day, really? and I said, you people may be obsessed with January 6th, but your average American is obsessed with inflation, crime, and having a job. And they're still lighting me on fire for saying it. But it's true. But when Clinton was president and he cheated, you know, with Monica and he did his little thing, the first thing they said was, we don't care. He's a good president. What does that have? He's a horrible man, horrible husband, but a good president. Well, the same yeah. thing with Trump. He may right. be a racist. I don't care. He's a good <laughs> you president. made more money. <laughs> I made more this, money. This, this reminds me of who was it? Uh, it was the comedian Chris Rock uh, who did this stand up one time over members of the KKK who were upset about Martin Luther King Day. And he said, why are they upset about taking a day off work? If you want to call it KKK Day and give me a day off work, I'm okay. It was something like that. It was something ridiculous like that. And the point was like, I get a day off work. Why are you complaining about a day off work? Why are you complaining about Trump when you made more money and had a job? Right. (laughs) And felt safer in my country. Everybody said Trump was a bully. Well, he was our bully. Yeah. I felt safe. Yep. You know, Franklin. So, I, I, a buddy no, of mine just I, texted I me. A buddy of mine just texted me and said, "Can we run Franklin for Congress?" <laughs> 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 yeah. Look. Okay. <laughs> let, let me just say, in all seriousness, though. One, I appreciate this phone call. I, I, I'm enjoying talking to you. But two, your point is falling on deaf ears with people in Washington who need to hear this. You care about taking care of your family, keeping them safe bringing in money and making a living and in washington they are obsessed with with orange man bad and orange man bad doesn't put money on your on your plate uh put money on your plate comes from having a job which you, you don't have it if you have it you go to the grocery store i mean my god i, I burned a brisket the other day it should have been 25 bucks it was about 40 dollars for the stupid piece of meat because the, exactly. the prices have gone up it's this is why people are angry, and the media is so obsessed with January 6th because it's the only thing they have at this point. They don't have any other argument. That's the best they can do. Wow. Yeah, well, Anyways, look, it was nice talking to you. Franklin, nice man, listen, I have enjoyed talking to you. Thank you, and Happy New Year to you. Um, y'all, I mean, listen, did you hear Franklin? Franklin is not me. We did not set this up. Franklin is a black man living in the state of Georgia. Who says he didn't care whether Trump was a racist or not. He did better and his family was safer when Donald Trump was president. That's what people care about. And in Washington right now, they are so obsessed with January 6th. And the reason, now some of them are 
genuinely upset about it. We should not dismiss that. But a lot of it is politics. A lot of it is politics. In Washington and New York, members of the media know there are no good headlines for Joe Biden. There are no good headlines for Joe Biden out there right now. There just aren't. And so the media is doing their best to give an assist. They're doing their best to try to help. This is why they're obsessed now with Chuck Schumer. He wants to bring the Voting Rights Act, the John Lewis Act, whatever they're calling it, the For the People Act, to the floor. And to do it, he's got to blow up the filibuster. Here's Chuck Schumer from 2005. The bottom line is very simple. The ideologues in the Senate want to turn what the founding fathers called the cooling saucer of democracy into the rubber stamp of dictatorship. We will not let them. They want, because they can't get their way on every judge, to change the rules in midstream, to wash away 200 years of history. They want to make this country into a banana republic, where if you don't get your way, you change the rules. Are we going to let them? No! It'll be a doomsday for democracy if we do. A doomsday for democracy if we do. That was Chuck Schumer in 2005, claiming the Republicans were going to scrap the filibuster to pack the courts. That's actually what Harry Reid and the Democrats did. The Republicans have never changed the filibuster. But now the media is whipped into a frenzy over this. Oh, my gosh, we've got to get the Fourth People Act passed. We've got to get it passed. Philly Mansion and Cinema will come along. Surely we can cut a deal. They're actually floating on CNN and MSNBC that Manchin and Cinema, they might just cut a deal. They've literally, in the last two weeks, in the last two weeks over the Christmas holidays, Kristen Cinema came out and said again, she is not going to scrap the filibuster. And yet they are beside themselves convinced that this could happen. Now, I don't know why. I don't know why they're doing this. I have no idea, but they think it's a path forward. Actually, you know what? I should I, I take that back. I, I do know why they're doing it in theory. In practice, it makes no sense because we know how it's going to end up. But in theory, in theory, you've got to mobilize your base. The dirty little secret in politics. So you know what? I should turn on the camera for this. Philip's going to get mad at me. The dirty little secret in American politics is that there are more of them than there are of us. There are more Democrats than there are Republicans. There are. There are more progressives than there are conservatives who participate in elections. There are more conservatives in the country. There are more progressives who participate in elections. So the reason the Democrats keep bringing up, we're going to fight for the filibuster, the reason the Democrats keep bringing up, we're going to bring Build Back Better, the reason they keep trying to separate us versus them with the vaccinated and the unvaccinated is because they need to mobilize their base in November because all the headlines are bad and against them. 
the economy is bad, inflation is bad, jobs are bad, crime is bad, foreign relations are bad, COVID is bad, everything's bad. They have no winning message. So they've got to mobilize their base, and the way they mobilize their base is making their base angry and aggrieved at the other side, whether it's the unvaccinated or the Republicans, what have you. That's the best they've got. The problem here that they forget, and this is Politics 101, you keep promising something and you keep failing at it, you demoralize your base. So the reason they're now trying to bring up the For the People Act and, and fight on the filibuster again, even though Manchin Cinema say it's non-starter, is because they've got to keep their base angry to keep them mobilized. The problem is this is January, and they want to keep that anger sustained and mobilized through November, and you're going to burn them out instead. So what you do, you burn them out. And the Democrats, they've got nothing else. They might as well try. The Democrats literally have nothing else right now. Between redistricting in the House and demographic shifts, racial shifts, everything else, and the bad headlines, they're trying to do something. It's a strategy. It just isn't a very good strategy. It's just the only one they have. Now, I got a strategy for you. You know, there are a lot of groups out there that help a lot of people. Uh, when I practice law, I volunteered for Alliance Defending Freedom. So people would come to me. Like, I remember one time there was a guy, he uh, felt like he was getting pressured by his employer to essentially make statements that contradicted his faith to keep other people in the company happy with him. And I was a terrible lawyer, and I would refer him to other people within ADF, but they knew they'd come to me and I could send them to the right people. It's one of the ADF is one of the few legal nonprofits I've been involved with for a very long time. They rack up wins in state courts and federal courts for conservatives and for Christians. And since leaving my law practice, I'm still involved with them. I'm still a donor to ADF. I speak at their events. I've gone to their training sessions. One of the great training sessions they do is they take very complex legal issues and they teach pundits and, and others to explain them easily so you and I can understand them. Now, look, they're a sponsor. They're an advertiser. I'm glad to have them. I'd be encouraging you to support them anyway. Your donations go to ADF, and they take them and use them so that people who can't hire a lawyer to fight for them hire the very best lawyers in the country to fight for them from the Supreme Court all the way down to City Hall. They're really good at what they do. They had a matching donor last year who was willing to dollar-for-dollar match their donations, and that donor's decided to stick around. So every dollar you give to ADF, they get an extra dollar. So your dollar becomes $2 and they use those dollars to defend freedom. So go to adflegal.org slash Erickson. That's adflegal.org slash E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N. Support the Alliance Defending Freedom. I do and I hope you will. We'll be right back. My gosh, that was quick. Having said all that this morning, Chuck Schumer about the filibuster. Well, now he's already walking it back. Jamie Dupree reporting asked about uh, what might be changed in the Senate rules regarding the filibuster. Chuck Schumer just said, quote, there are many different proposals out there and our caucus is discussing them, then acknowledged there is no deal among the Democrats. And Joe Manchin has just stepped before the cameras and said this. To being open to uh, a rules change that would uh, create a nuclear option. Uh, it, it's, it's a very, very difficult, it's, it's a heavy lift. And the reason I say it's a heavy lift is that once uh, you change uh, a rule or you have a carve out, and I've always said this, anytime there's a, a, a carve out, uh, you eat the whole turkey. <laughs> there's nothing left because it comes back and forth. Anytime there's a carve out, you eat the whole turkey. Um, this is a man who understands what will happen. You carve it out for voting rights. 
Well, then the Republicans carve it out for the Second Amendment. You get national constitutional carry. So the Democrats carve it out for abortion. And the Republicans use that to pass a fetal heartbeat ban. It goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. There's no end. Manchin gets that. Cinema gets that. But here's the thing that doesn't get talked about. There are other Democrats who agree with him who aren't going to say so. John Tester has said he wants to blow it up, the filibuster, for voting rights. But when asked what the parameters for that would be, says he's not sure. Maggie Hassan of New Hampshire will not go on the record about the filibuster. Behind the scenes, Mark Warner and Tim Kaine, both of Virginia, are said to be less than enthusiastic about getting rid of the filibuster, even as their public pronouncements make it sound like they support it. Why? They're scared of the progressive base. As long as Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema are willing to take the slings, arrows, and bullets, these others can say whatever they want to say. And there are no repercussions for them saying what they want to say. And so they can get away with it. They get protection. And in that protection, in that protection, they can move forward behind the scenes onto other things. And that's what they want. Uh, So much of this is smoke and mirrors on the Democratic side right now. And the problem here is that Chuck Schumer is desperately scared of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez primarying him. That's why he's doing what he's doing ultimately. In addition to rallying the base, the base is angry. He's got to rally the base. He also doesn't want a primary, so he's got to look like he's fighting. And remember, this time we're in the age of performance. It doesn't matter if he fails. He's going to look like he's fighting, and maybe she'll leave him alone. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up, and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution if you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business. First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan. Say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com. 